2: Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.
0: Hey Tinkers, we have got a really important episode this week with amazing mental health campaigner Hope Virgo. She's the founder of Brilliant Movement's hashtag Dump the Scales, which is currently raging, alongside the incredibly important hashtag Curb the Count um, campaign. Hope talks beautifully about being a recovering anorexic and a trauma victim, so this hoovering was inevitably one in which we were very serious at times, so be warned of that now if you're in a place where uh, listening to this might be unhelpful. Know that we are very honest um, about all sorts of experiences in this episode. Uh, and, and no wonder this chat gets deep in light of how intensely dangerous elements of the government's current health campaign are Uh, for everyone really but especially for people with eating disorders if anything in this episode makes you feel like you want or need support or help can i recommend an amazing charity for people with eating disorders called BEAT B-E-A-T I've put a link in my podcast notes over on ACAST as usual equally if you're not in need of help but you've got spare money BEAT have a donate button on their front page uh, and they need help now more than ever following lockdown and this batshit level unhelpful government fat shaming mission Um, if you've got spare money after that then I'm also very open to supporting the podcast Um, you can uh, give one-off supports at supporter.acast.com forward slash hovering, uh, or you can become a regular patron over at patreon.com forward slash the Hovering pod where I'll swap you podcast related things like guest recipes in exchange for your hard earned cash also, and this is very random but you know I'm always on about them I get my fruit and veg from um, the brilliant Oddbox who um, deliver beautiful stuff every week that was either too wonky or surplus um, for a supermarket or restaurant uh, to take it from the grower and it's always like a amazing and it's, everyone it's was baffling as to why it was rejected anyway, um, if that sounds like something you want to try, they're only in London at the moment but you can get a tenner off with a link that I've got until the end of August uh, it's too long to read out the link, but I've put it in the bio of my Twitter and Instagram, if you're following at the Hoovering Pod, go for it, I'm not sponsored by them, uh, but it wins me a tenner off too, so why not, yes please, right uh, Hope came round to my garden for Dorset apple cake. We did get rained on, so we moved inside at one point. Apologies uh, for the slight change of ambience. Also, apologies for my bloody annoying battery going and my fire alarm. Um, this, it sort of chirrups like I've trapped a bird every now and again. Hopefully, you can ignore it because, God, this chat felt like one of my most important conversations yet. Thank you for coming all the way over here, Hope. That's right. You're a campaigner for so many brilliant things. I want to get right into all of it. <laughs> but I've but made a Dorset apple cake. The uh, reason being, I had loads of apples. I couldn't shift. Nice. How often do you feel like just having an apple? Do you
3: know what, I don't really eat much fruit.
0: I don't. like <laughs> I...
3: probably a weird thing for someone with an eating disorder who's he's had <laughs> an eating disorder to say. Do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I used to eat loads of fruit and then right. just like went really went off it recently. In lockdown I went off it, I think.
0: Did you? I yeah. think it's... Um, I'm quite faddy. I think it's quite normal to be... I, well, I, I love that. I've gone, here's my experience. So this is what's normal. <laughs> um, I um, Yeah, I have phases where I'm like, oh God, I really feel like banana. Like, and then I won't feel like a banana for two years. So lockdown yes, is likely to have changed, <laughs> likely to have changed the things. But yeah, but I'm very like, oh, I think I associate apples with school, actually, and trying not to eat anything. So having an apple because it counts as not eating anything. (laughs) Not great. But anyway, I've made a cake, which is a very different thing. And also I'm from Dorset. So if I ever if I ever make a cake with apples, always make a Dorset apple cake, because I feel like it's the closest thing I've got to um, growing up with um, culinary culture.
3: Oh, nice. <laughs> I, um, I can't bake, so... Oh, can't you? <laughs> it is sciencey.
0: i I'm going to go in. I'll be honest, I made it yesterday, and I'm Hi. a little bit worried that it's um, not necessarily...
3: I've never had one, so I'm sure oh. it's fine for me. I'm worried me. it's
0: going to be a bit dry. Mm. And the apples aren't dry. I like it. It's okay, you're kind enough to say that. <laughs> hmm. mm. Yeah it's okay, it's kind of, um. it's not a complicated cake is it, flavour wise, it's comf- It's like... Comfort food? Yeah. It's a bit boring I think, I'm, tr- I'm sort of kindly trying to tell myself it's a bit boring. I...
3: Well I know, I like it. And it's light, which is nice <laughs> in this hot yeah. weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's muggy, we're in my garden. We might get to meet a nearby neighbour's got a cat. My girlfriend's got a cat called Conrad. A nearby neighbour's got a cat that looks exactly the same. So if we see that, he or she is called Nonrad. We might see some foxes. We got what we thought was a baby fox that's our pretend pet. Um, And then it got... A bigger fox was sighted. And there was some debate over whether it was its older brother or sister or if it was just the same fox but a bit grown up <laughs> and I solved the mystery the other morning at about six in the morning I was down here and there's three siblings like maybe teenager foxes and they all play and they've dug all holes in my garden that they take <laughs> and it sounds annoying but one I'm renting who cares not True. my holes <laughs> two they're very cute they like take turns running through the hole and then popping out in there. When they pop their head out, one of them waits for them to pop out and bops them on the head. That's cute, isn't it? I like
3: that. You should film
0: it. I've managed to get photographs of all three of them, but they move so fast. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, big, uh, big old (laughs) diversion there from me. (laughs) You're, yeah, you're a campaigner. Do you think that's the best way to describe your work? Uh, Or write, or you tell me.
3: Probably campaigner. People always ask me that and I'm never really sure what to say. I'm like, I don't really know what I do.
0: Campaigner's like the olden days word for influencer, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, if the influencer's doing something good.
3: But I don't really like the word influencer. Nobody does. I feel like it's a bit mm.
0: it I give it another decade and there'll be like a wave of people like going, we just need to own the word. But at the moment it's like who wants <laughs> yeah, to be no called an influencer? No. <laughs> Campaigner. Um that hopefully will influence people. <laughs> <laughs> It's much much healthier and better stuff, but mental health stuff, generally. Yeah,
3: generally mental health stuff. So kind of eating disorders, body image. Yeah. yeah, A whole
0: lot. Um, And you're the founder of, um, well, there's two hashtags I want to put out in the world to anyone who doesn't already know about them, but hashtag dump the scales. Yeah. Please maybe talk about that. Um, I'm a big fan of people not weighing themselves. Good, me too. So I'm hoping it's (laughs) to do with that. And I'd love to know if you're up for sharing it, what what sort of led to your involvement in all of these types of campaigns?
3: Yeah, no, of course. Um, So I started Dump the Scales like two years ago now, Mm. I reckon, Um, and I originally started it with kind of focusing more on eating disorders. Um, And the whole issues around diagnosis um, and the fact that if you have an eating disorder, people still imagine you as being like a skeleton. Yeah. And it's just not like that. Like anybody can have an eating disorder, whatever size or shape. And... So now I've kind of moved into a more kind of broadening it, broadening it out over the last couple of months to be like, actually, we shouldn't. No one should be weighing themselves. Yeah. We shouldn't be going to the doctor and getting weighed. When you go to the doctor and get put on the pill, whatever it is, they ask to weigh you. Yeah, and it's just so
0: pointless and so irrelevant and really triggering. Massively triggering. E- e- even I think, um, oh God, there's such an enormous spectrum of people for whom that. I mean, yeah, that that's tr- from from triggering through to troubling through to. I just don't know there must be so few situations in which it's so relevant medically that that's something to do yeah that you should that you you can say no you needed to weigh that person i mean i genuinely can't really think of any anyway personal trainers as well when you sign up to a new personal trainer 9 times out of 10 they're going to ask to weigh you
3: yeah everyone's and, obsessed with it
0: oh god and it but it's um sort of a really dangerous sea of shit BMI anyway, it sort of doesn't take into account your uh, body composition, your muscle mass, your race. Your um, it doesn't tell you anything about somebody's health or
3: fitness. No, and actually, I saw a girl earlier um, on social media yeah. who's must be like eleven years old.
0: Oh, I did see and this. And her
3: BMI is twenty-two. Yeah, and she looks tiny. Because the
0: BMI chart's even more brutal for children. Yes, yeah,
3: ridiculous. Yeah,
0: it is utterly. It's the bane of my life yeah.
3: at the moment, BMI. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, whoever invented it. Yeah. It's, tough. it's
0: just a. It's just, where It's. Uh, I'm sure they were well-intentioned, but it's such a basic bitch indicator of health. It's yeah, not, but, but then it's we not. get obsessed with it. Yeah, and exactly. when you've had an
3: eating disorder as well, you get so fixated yeah. on, oh, my BMI needs to be in this band, and if it's not in this band, then I'm too heavy or I'm not thin enough or whatever. Yeah. And it's just not a right indicator of anything. Plus, people's mental state as well. That yeah. like you can't judge how sick someone is or how someone's feeling by weighing them.
0: No, but but I, I think, um, oh god, I, I, I know those are people who either they or their partner weighs themselves every day. And these are people without eating disorders. But I would say, well, arguably, if you're doing that, disordered eating, yeah. you're on you're on the spectrum. Um, but it's it, it can take people. Um, oh, I don't know, it sort of has to be, it's one of those things that sometimes you can't be told, especially by your partner or whatever, but you need to be your own realisation that that's the thing that's not... Not improving your mental health is probably the safest, <laughs> broadest way to say it. Like it yeah. doesn't—I don't—not sure it's ever made anybody happy to weigh themselves no. every day. And even
3: if you lose weight or you stay the same when you put on weight, as soon as you weigh yourself, you everyone feels rubbish. Yeah. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. but we or all still do it. Or you have a it. brief,
0: a brief sort of toxic dopamine hit of feeling good <laughs> until you do it again, and it's not what you want to yeah. see. Like it's—I um, mean, even if you're a jockey, <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think of the times where it's relevant. I had a bit in my last show. It's like, astronaut, I get it. Babies, I get it. Uh, Also, babies are the only age of people who get fat privilege. (laughs) So um, (laughs) they can get weighed. And jockeys, and I suppose other sports worth. But even that is miserable that sports are are grouped in terms of, um, you know, uh, groups of weights. um, Because it's going to exclude so many people for whom being weighed all the time is going to fuck them up. But... um, but even like, say a jockey, where it's relevant. Even that, you're not competing every day. Even jockeys aren't going to get weighed every day. That's true. It's
3: I didn't even know yeah. jockeys had to get weighed.
0: Well, I just think, isn't it, in terms of... Um, yeah, I think they do. Because you're sitting on a horse and it's... How much...
3: <laughs> <laughs> how comfortable the horse is. It's all
0: about the horse, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's strange, yeah. yeah. But no, so yeah, so I think... Yeah, so for me with the jump the scales, it was, yeah, like I said, predominantly eating disorders at the start. Mm. Um, yeah, so for me, so I had an eating disorder as a child, right, and then relapsed in 2016, and went to try and get access to treatment and couldn't get access, Fuck. Um, because I wasn't underweight. And I just was like, in this complete mental battle in my head. And I remember sitting there in the hospital with my mum, and my mum was like, she spent a year in hospital like seven, eight years ago, Oh, like really God. sick. Like, why can't you just give her something? Um, and it basically was just born off that. Like that. That's
0: unbelievable.
3: Yeah, really. It, yeah, I'm. I still. I'm a very justice-driven person, and I still don't feel like I've had my justice around this yet. It's appalling, and I'm very lucky because I I'm had stunned. treatment. I'm
0: fucking stunned.
3: Yeah. Did you have to get seek treatment privately then? I didn't get any. No.
0: Um
3: I went on medication. Yeah. Um for about four years. I came off actually about four months ago, I reckon. Right. Um and yeah, I just kind of went back to the basics. Yeah. So like wrote all my meals down. Right, right My mum right. would text me like every couple of hours to be like, Have you eaten yet? Like, have you done this? Um and I also got a personal trainer. Right. Which probably sounds a bit Strange, for some people, yeah, but But for me it really worked. Like getting me on top of like obsessively exercising.
0: Right, right, right. Um, yeah. What's getting you, making sure you didn't obsessively exercise? Yeah, and
3: like understanding the science and everything behind it. Yeah, which is what I really needed.
0: You found a woke personal trainer.
3: I know she was really good. Wow, of course it was a woman. (laughs) Oh, wow! She was amazing. She was like, you need to eat more. You need to do this. You need to rest more. And I was like. I was like wow this is like the first person that's ever said this. Yeah. Most trainers are like do this three, four times a day and you're like,
2: no
0: oh, God, shut up. Yeah well most and most if they look if they're having any input into your nutrition will underfeed you. Mm. Um oh god that's it's like uh, I oh, god, just made me have a memory of the first time I ever met a personal trainer and and she insisted on weighing me and I was like I don't it will make me sad. Which is this broad and um as broadly honest as I could be and also (laughs) probably as much as I'd delved into it at the at the time but was I I would rather not and um and she and we did it and I was like just really darked out and she was like she saw that that was a fuck up I think yeah and then had told me um don't like okay let's not concentrate on eating any less like um, it seems you on out but drink more water I was like okay well, that's the easiest instruction I've ever been given <laughs> in my life <laughs> just drink more <laughs> drink more water okay but yeah we worked it out and now I'm in a position where before I meet with anyone that I'm gonna who's gonna train me in any exercising way I'll be like I'm afraid I don't want you to go anywhere near like I don't want any conversation about my body particularly like yeah. appearance wise like that's obviously good. and I don't want you to talk to me about what I'm eating or not and um and sometimes they don't like that and you know you've got a goodie when they do i am um, i'm training with a woman at the moment who's just set up her own gym and um sh- she it sounds like one of the like diamonds in the rough as well mm. like in the sense i said i can you not can we not talk about sort of food and eating she's like god yeah no thanks and she yeah. she set up her own gym now for crossfit but she used to be a personal trainer and one of the reasons she stopped is because she was so sick of working with like just people doing kind of gender toxic like women that wanted to get tiny and men that wanted to get massive it is really obsessive isn't it yeah
3: but I really thought the other week um, when I was in the gym um and people are starting to... people. You can see people in there who have really disordered eating patterns. Yeah. But then it's so normal now to be really disordered and really funny about food and exercise yeah. all the time. Which means that if you have already got a mental health issue and you're working out within that, you're then feeling that pressure on you. Yeah. And I think it's it's just a minefield. My thing now is it's just getting impossible to fully recover from an eating disorder yeah. because of gyms, because of fitness fanatics, because of all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. Totally yeah it's very hard not to get obsessed or to sort of have yeah it is but also i think that the noise in the world is actually one of the hardest it's been right now i think we're talking just after well yeah after lockdown but when the pandemic's still very much around like mid-august i feel like there's a lot of um incredibly unhelpful, they toxic, like really fucking dangerous noise in the world at certain points, like the run up to summer when it's all about getting beach, beach ready after Christmas. It's times where, it's times where the diet industry know they can cash in. And we've just, we've, I think that has just been dialled up to 11 in a way that in my adult life when I've been looking and noticing I have never known before as right now, it is everywhere, the noise to like, transform your body if you're up for it i want to get into your curb the count hashtag cool. as well
3: perfect yeah that's fine because
0: that's part of i think i think what i was just rambling about actually was oh, the idea of like ca- calories on menus uh, uh, uh the government's current ideas for uh, how to make the nation healthier are um, so so, in my opinion got like grotesquely misguided and dangerous for some people um is that part of what that's about the um the curb the count hashtag curb the count
3: yeah so yeah i signed a petition i'm so frustrated yeah it is that and i'm i am really frustrated um, she'd have seen me like a week and a half ago yeah. I was literally like walking up to um, in ones like up to ones with common and was literally like sweating and shouting and getting so angry because yeah. I just had this letter from an MP being like we don't see this as an issue and I was what? Literally like how can you not see this as an issue and it's like yeah, the whole thing has frustrated me with the whole of their obesity plans because it's basically Fat shaming everyone. Yeah, it's making people absolutely terrified of their bodies. Yeah, and it's not looking at the evidence, so it's basing stuff yeah. on BMI again, which we mm-hmm. know is wrong. And then the whole thing with calories on menus—it's like that's not helpful for people with eating disorders. But actually, it's not helpful for anyone. No, it's not
0: helpful for anyone. Like, even my
3: friends are like nervous about that. Yeah, and I'm like, this is yeah. It's um, it's.
0: I mean, I think you know, go so far as to say extremely dangerous yeah. for people with eating disorders um or recovering from eating disorders and like you were saying for people who've ever had an eating disorder to some extent it's a never-ending recovery in the same way that if you've sort of come to terms with an addiction to alcohol for example, lots of recovered alcoholics still refer to themselves as alcoholics. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's you it's oh I don't know. On the one hand, I think you can look at it... And sometimes people will write to me, actually, and say, I hate it, when you talk like that because it makes it sound like this, and hopeless, and it's like, I disagree. I think that um, humans are always in more of a state of flux than we like to acknowledge, just because it doesn't feel very safe to acknowledge that we're all actually sort of constantly works in progress. Yeah. There's no such thing as a cure or a fix, for almost at all, like, things. Anyway, I got philosophical, and... Um, I've gone off topic, but um, I, I, I think, yeah, potentially sort of incredibly, like, uh, terrifyingly dangerous calories on menus for people with eating disorders, but exactly as you said, like for everyone, not helpful. Because uh, I don't think anybody's ever benefited from um, trying to lose weight via counting calories
3: no it's ridiculous yeah. and 25% of people who do obsessively count calories will develop an eating disorder
0: mm-hmm.
3: and it's like you see all these stats everywhere yeah and yet we're not we're, i don't know
0: the, 25% it's ridiculous
3: isn't it yeah it's just uh, yeah and i think for me like although i really care about adults obviously yeah you know, like, when we look at children and like the defeat i don't have my own children but like future generations and everything we don't want to have children that are obsessed with calorie counting
0: no it's a an miserable it life yeah it's it's oh gosh. it's going to be
3: awful and imagine going out for dinner with your friends and just sitting down looking at a menu yeah. and everyone then talk, talking about the calories
0: and everyone yeah. will go
3: for the lowest calorie thing yeah. and if they don't they'll just feel really guilty
0: yeah and if you don't even if you I, even if you there's going to be so few people who can especially women yeah <laughs> who can go do you know what like even if you front it you go, do you know what fuck it I'm having the biggest calorie thing on there because it's what I want there will then be this... It's it's going to be impossible for that to be uncomplicated internally every time. Yeah. It just is. Like, there'll be some shame, some embarrassment, some emotion that didn't need to be there other than joy because that was a delicious thing. Yeah. It's fucking... It's a joy vortex at best. And it's kind of fakely dangerous at worst. It's i. It's the worst idea. I think, um, you know, one of the things that's infuriating about it is if you... you if even if you are listening to this and thinking like obesity is a problem, and um people with, who with uh, who, you know are extremely he- in need of losing weight, more susceptible to COVID. You know I can understand why he's doing this. It's it's, it's not the right way to do it in the sense that a calorie counting diets don't work. Like like hope just said like twenty five percent of people gonna develop um, an eating disorder. But all, I mean also. of those diets, they don't work for people who are obese, who want to lose weight, counting calories, makes you obsessed with food. Yeah. Um, And if you're gonna try and do less of something, top tip, like don't do something that's gonna make you obsessed with it.
3: Mm, That's true. And also a lot of these people probably walk out for dinner like once every month, I don't know, once every six weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's not actually gonna make any difference to them.
0: Yeah, totally. I think
3: that's my thing is at the moment, we should be trying to educate people and empower people to make the right choices. Yeah. And make sure that people have an understanding of healthy lifestyle, healthy diet, but doing it in such a way where they they know what to do, they know what to cook and all of that sort of stuff. Because again, Probably. it's just going to split the barriers between rich people and poor people even yeah. further.
0: Yeah. And in terms of healthy lifestyles, like finally ever for once take into account mental health in that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, that means, and that means not being obsessed with food and not having necessarily, you know, the dreams to get to the point where you're not like having to consume you every waking thought with it Yeah, you can just exist and be and the room that that will open up in your head and heart for all the other things you can do with your life all the other things you can read and learn and all the conversations you can have and interactions <laughs> you can have and stuff you can see and mm-hmm. adventures and Ugh. oh god yeah okay well it's a mess <laughs> it's a mess Boris um you write so eloquently and, and practically and also very usefully And your sort of Instagram particularly like about your recovery from anorexia and for example you wrote a guide to shopping during the pandemic for people in recovery which I found amazing um, because it gave me that sort of thing of going oh I think there's so many things that people wouldn't think twice about being a problem mm-hmm. but are
3: oh, yeah, so many
0: people like um, well we just don't think outside our lived experience that much but like yeah we was there something about like if you did like a basically a, a list of tips yeah it was really brilliant but like I hadn't thought that people might be incredibly wigged out by not being able to get the specific snack bar that they always oh, it was get.
3: ridiculous and yeah. sometimes I think back to those times and actually the time that it, the time that I referred to in that post was um I, so when I look back, I still feel a bit embarrassed about it. I was, I just started dating this guy and I really liked him. And then I went into hospital right. and then like he went off to uni and then um, he came back for the weekend to see me. So I was allowed up for like three hours. Oh, so I was like going to be on my best behaviour. was like, I'm going to try really hard. And then I just walked into Sainsbury's. It was a Frisley bar because that was the bars, cereal bars we were allowed. And I couldn't find the right one. And I had this meltdown and... We broke up afterwards. Oh no! <laughs> and it was just like oh, like it was awful. And actually, I am still friends with him now. Like I meet oh. up with him like every kind of probably like once a year. Mainly, I think to like check him. He checks in with me. It's kind of oh. yeah. But like, I think it's the thing when you have an eating disorder, it's so consuming. Mm-hmm. And that like two calorie difference in a cereal bar, right? is just the world. Yeah. And that's what people don't, I don't think, yeah, people don't always understand that. Yeah. And for me now, like I'm in a place in my recovery where if I find the two calories would make no difference. And I like to challenge myself because I think it's really important to not plateau and yeah. to constantly be kind of pushing those boundaries. But actually for some people you can't do that. Yeah. And particularly like when the pandemic started and there wasn't, like you'd walk into the same and there was just no food there you would then panic or there'd be like a different brand of bread or a different brand of tuna and you're like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, where do I even start with this?
0: Yeah. Oh God. But also I felt like even in that one um, Instagram post, it showed so many, um, so many stages of, like, it it, it would have been relevant for people at so many stages of recovery. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Right through from that, like the difference in a calorie or two from, but then there was a bit that said in it like, if you can, try not to look at the labels yeah. or anything.
3: Which is so difficult. But I think well, that's I mean, hard that, for
0: everyone. That is hard for everyone, in the same way as not weighing yourself, is really yeah. hard for everyone. But you do get into, um to be hopeful for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, i found that if you, you can I, I, oh. it's not to say you would like never slip up, but I do feel like you can get into a rhythm where, like, I suppose the mindset is, you're like, I think, in terms of like weighing myself, I think of it in terms of, like, uh, I think, if I think of it, I think, I'm not someone who does that. Yeah. Like, it's just not a thing I do anymore. That's good. But it's not to so. say I never would again, and certainly might not get away with it in the medical context. Yeah. happening whether I like it or not, if I become a jockey. Magical <laughs> <laughs> <That's what happened.
3: laughs> now it's hard but I think it's mm. so different. And I think for me that like so I don't weigh myself and try yeah. really hard not to. And when I'm struggling, mm-hmm. I can feel myself wanting to weigh myself yeah. more. But part of my thing is that I have really bad body image. Mm. So my I can't see myself the way everybody else does. Yeah. And I and like when I look at the evidence, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, like I'm like I'm in an all right shape, whatever. But on those difficult days, I'm like, oh maybe I have changed shape. And yeah. then you're then like, Oh, I have to wait myself so that I know. But yeah. then it doesn't it doesn't help, but it's not even an accurate measure anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a measure of a pinpoint moment in time. Yeah. Like it's such a I mean, oh God, I'm doing that thing. Where I'd move it around. <laughs> just move just move it around. <laughs> Try and get a bit of wee out, move it around the room to get it must be on an uneven thing, right on the <laughs> Like, there's been sketches about it, haven't they? And um yeah it is of course it's an inaccurate thing and also what's it confirming or not confirming i think um is the i also don't love looking at myself um and i thought so i have a history with um disordered eating i would say but um but i uh i've done loads of work on that and i've got such a good point with eating and i thought when i did that that, I would, um, that it would magically fix my perception of myself. And um, that's just sort of not necessarily how it rolls, is it? That's yeah. like a whole other stage of, in my case, therapy. But, like, it's absolutely bonkers, isn't it? Yeah.
3: I think it's really interesting, though, because they do say a lot of trauma is based in our body image. Mm. And so I got sexually abused as a child, which is right. why my eating disorder started in the first place. And over the last year and a half i've done loads of trauma therapy wow and i'm now in like the best place i've ever been in my body wow because i've dealt with all this stuff and yes. i'm like this is amazing but i never would have thought it was so interlinked like that and i wonder whether there's loads of people who've been through some kind of trauma whether it's abuse whether it's i don't know like an accident or something that's made them hate their bodies so much that then they're just carrying it forever until they deal with it
0: fucking hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are there any foods or drinks that you hate, but which most people love, or vice versa? Oh,
3: that's a good question. Um, I hate cheese.
0: Ooh! All
3: cheese, especially halloumi. Whoa, whoa, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) I hate that texture in your mouth and it feels like it's, oh, it's like grinding on your teeth.
0: Like rubber? Yeah, it's horrible. Even when it's just been grilled and it's all like...
3: Yeah, I tried to have it again the other night, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> yes. I do try and have it every now and again. Just to check. Yeah, that I it's like weird. It. It's such a
0: weird thing, isn't it, <laughs> that we do it to ourselves that we're like, I'm pretty sure I hate that, but I'll just <laughs> test it again and again and again. Yeah, but to be honest, I did that with beetroot because I hated beetroot for like 32, 33 years. And every, like, once a year because someone would go, oh, you just haven't tried it, you know, <laughs> in this way or whatever. I'd like, yes, there we go. It tastes like dirt. And yeah, I then, don't really eat beetroot. I'm afraid I started liking it.
3: Did you? Yeah. Ew.
0: I know, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. And then you go, oh, I changed. Like, I just changed. My taste buds must have just changed.
3: Yeah, maybe. They do say that, don't they? Yeah. Maybe one day I'll be able to eat halimi Maybe. It'd be wild. <laughs> <laughs> what a life.
0: <laughs> I don't think I'll ever like whiskey. I'm oh, so far like from you. liking it that it's like, whoa, every time. <laughs> but cheese, generally, yeah, that's exactly the sort of answer I meant, like, because I think most people are a bit bonks for cheese, aren't they? It's, I never It's that. most people's barrier to veganism is a love, it's che- deep cheese love.
3: Yeah, like, when I go home, my mum will literally be sitting there with, like, a massive plate of cheese, just, like, slicing it off, and I'm like, and she has, like, cheese scone, she has cheese, oh, she's cheese with everything, it's so, ugh.
0: I'm with your mum, I'm afraid, though. <laughs> put your cheese on. The next hoovering I'm recording is with cheese and port in the nice. night time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it is funny. Somebody put it to me very beautifully, and I can't remember who she makes me a terrible podcast host, but um, a previous guest was, like, talking about the problem being the smell. And I was like, oh, I don't know. They were like, if anything's, like, people enjoy telling you how, how much it stinks. Why would you want me to eat that? Mm. I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. Um... Is there anything that you think demands to be eaten in, like, a ritualistic way? Like, a lot of people have a specific way that they'd eat a Cadbury's cream egg. Recently, Big Macs have come up quite a bit as a thing that ha- has to be done in certain order. Hmm,
3: interesting. Um, I tend to eat crunchies from the outside. Yes. And then ends first. The, <laughs> ends first? Ends first, and then the top. Yes. And then I bite all the chocolate off around the edge i actually at the moment because I only, I only ate half of one the other day. Yeah. I've actually got loads of the honeycomb in my freezer. Yes, which I was like, I'm going to put it in the freezer because I thought it might be a bit nicer. Yeah, um, see so yeah,
0: that
3: later. <laughs>
0: That's a good shout. Yeah. Once it's, have you ever made honeycomb?
3: No. Someone I've else sh- said that to me too.
0: Because <laughs> because of, of the like of because you yeah. like crunches, I um my friend had um bought four pack of crunches and texted me to say she's had them all. Um, nice. Why not? Crunchies Uh, are the best. Oh God, crunchies are so good. But they really remind me of my cousin Georgina because when we were kids and we were choosing, she would always have a crunchy and I would always not and I would always be jealous and think, why didn't I pick a crunchy? What did you always get? I'd get a variety of things. Um... I've never been like a get the same thing person. But Georgina (laughs) was, is, now she lives in (laughs) Australia and I have to send her her crunchies. (laughs) Good out there. (laughs) Send her crunchies and galaxy. Um, Making honeycomb is really hard. I've had five goes and I've never succeeded. Wow! And um, the recipe looks so simple. I think it's a case of like mixing two or three things and spreading it out and leaving it for a bit. Never I feel like started. that's like
3: flapjack. That's like I've tried yeah. to make flapjack before. and never managed that, and that's no, like it. Just got comes three out like granola, not it? It's just, it's just. Mine always went really. Um, yeah, didn't. Yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah, okay. and I never understood why.
0: The worst thing for me about that is that even if it were it to work, all you've got at the end of the day after all that graft and feeling of potential success is a flapjack. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. It's just like, I would argue, the shittest of all of the slices to go over. <laughs> um, flapjack. Oh, oh. Um, have you got any, like, particular memories of the perhaps big events, big life events, say so birthdays or Christmases or weddings, that kind of thing, where um, there was memorable eating or what there was to eat was memorable?
3: Um, it's probably one big one, which was when, randomly, um, it was when I was just coming out of hospital and I was like allowed home for like a couple of weekends like a couple right. of weekends and my older brother for his birthday went to an all-you-could-eat restaurant <gasps> which is someone with anorexia was She like oh this is like god. my worst idea in the world oh my and there was god just everywhere. it was horrible. So <laughs> and i remember going into the restaurant my mum being like just stay calm like we'll do it together yeah. and i was she just like this is ridiculous yeah. and we must have sat there for about five hours because my brothers oh. can just eat and eat and they prepped they'd like basically researched in the day how much how to make sure they could eat as much as they could to get their money's worth oh my god it was horrific I hated it and I sat there trying so hard to (laughs) be really polite but like was it one of
0: those places where you can get food from like every different different type of cuisine and they had a massive
3: chocolate fountain in the middle of the room and it annoyed me as well because I was thinking if I wasn't unwell I probably would have loved it because there was so many amazing food yeah yeah
0: yeah
3: but no how many brothers have you got Uh, two brothers two sisters two brothers two sisters yeah.
0: And um oh god that's so my um my stepdad loves those places and my mum <laughs> hates them.
3: Really? Oh, yeah and
0: they have a real like I think basically a couple of times a year Gary gets to go to <laughs> so, an you can eat all around the world buffet or whatever they're called and mum sits and goes, can't just go to a place where they do one cuisine and they do it well
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely with your mum <laughs> yeah I am um, I think I'd find it I think i I just I'd find it stressful the only, I've not been well, the only thing I've got to compare it to would be I did a disastrous gig on a cruise ship oh. uh, years ago And um, it it went so badly that I got a whole show out of it called The Silence of the Nans. (laughs) They they didn't laugh, and then they I got fired, and I got death threats from the elderly people who didn't like the comedy. But um, (laughs) Liam so um,
3: resilient.
0: Oh God, I'm wet. (laughs) No, I really was. I was upset, but luckily there were so many characters amongst the staff even that I was like, I think I could, I think I can write this into something fun, and did. And then you have. A lovely catharsis. I've also <laughs> turned my harrowing birth story into stand-up. <laughs> Very effective therapy. Um, uh, yeah, but the one thing that I never managed to turn into comedy for the show, but that did stay with me, was the um, the buffet-style eating on the cruise ship. Because the food was in- incredible. Like, it in- like uh, uh, I suppose it was like a miniature, really high-end version of one of those places. Because they knew that people on the boat would be from all over the place. So there was, like, things that people from India might have for breakfast that that was like, oh, my God, how exciting to try. Like, I've never been to India. like You know, um, but um, I... and So I spent the first, like, probably day or two being like, this is, like, something out of a dream. Um, But then it sort of... I sort of could feel myself falling in hate with it. And I just hated the way that the people that the regular cruisers who were on the cruise were kind of like just willfully wasting stuff like like just sort of throwing stuff around <laughs> or like putting so much more on their plate than they were ever getting. yeah Um, but that sort of coincided with noticing how they spoke to the waiting staff and the and I was like oh actually this is something out of a dystopian horror film this is grim um and it wasn't to do with um you know I didn't care about quantities of what people are eating it was about oh I think there's ideas around entitlement and greed like no not greed waste yeah Mm -hmm. um uh, have you ever used food for something other than food, i.e. as a weapon or a prank?
3: Ooh.
0: It can. The answer can just be no. I haven't asked that one for ages. And I don't think so. I it sounds like that's
3: really boring. No,
0: it never been in a food fight.
3: Maybe when I was at school. Mm. But nothing big. I once flicked a pee at this girl. This girl she was a, so mean and she turned her back on us and we were sitting in the dinner table at school and I flicked a pee and it went straight down her shirt and it was such a good shot. But as soon as it happened I was actually like, <gasps> what have I done? She was terrifying as well.
0: Whoa. Did she notice what had happened?
3: Yeah, she turned around. It's like the beginning of Captain out. Corelli's mandolin. It was horrible. It was she was awful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I did it. But I also don't know how it I managed to a bowl get it down as well. her chat because that is a good shot Hope G'day. to flip a <laughs> to get it down unless she had like a Harry Hill collar on where she, she had an enormous cool. gap which she was pretty cool yeah.
2: <sniffs> that is <impressive. laughs>
0: more impressive to get the pee down a cool girl's shirt <laughs> scary cool girl um god at school we were horrible uh, we they, I didn't ever do it and I, I was never victim to it but there was boys on my bus that used to um chomp up polos, and flob them into like girls with long hairs hair, Ew. and it would be like trying to get sand out. They basically have to either cut it out or go home and wash That's it, and wash horrible. it, and wash it. Yeah, I went to a pretty rough school. <laughs> <laughs> Five second rule. How? Are, what are your feelings on that?
3: I don't mind about anything like that. Really? Yeah. Brilliant. Particularly in my house.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, you know.
3: But I probably would do it. I'm not looking around your house. I'm like, i probably do it here as well. I I'm pretty up. I, I think you know, your house, I think, actually like, looks cleaner than mine. I
0: don't I think I this kitchen floor ever looks clean.
3: You should see mine. Mm-hmm. It's just like crumb galore. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Um, yeah, I suffer. I'm really bothered mm. about everything like that. I was one of those people in like the first, this is really bad, the first week of the pandemic, where I was on the tube and... I kind of forgot what was going on. And I put, just put my makeup on, I just got done. Then I then started just eating and like, with my hands and then I got yeah. food in my mouth and was She like, and I was she like, this guy was staring at me and I was actually thinking, I shouldn't be doing this. As I've my fingers in my mouth, I don't know what to do, so I just carried on. God, I, cry, yeah.
0: I did a podcast earlier on in the pandemic and I kept rubbing my face. And then the other people on it were like, Jess, you're supposed to get off your face. And I was like, I'm at home now. <laughs> I want to give my face a nice big rubbing. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if you drink, but if you do, hangover. Any go-to things for the hangover?
3: Mainly bread. Yeah. I eat a lot of bread. Yes. Um, yeah, bread and crisps tend uh, to be. Um, and Any flavour,
0: particular flavour? Uh,
3: normally uh, the uh, Snacker Jacks you near know, the chili-flavoured ones.
0: <clears throat> oh yeah, I
3: didn't think I've had chili really ones. <gasps>
0: I'm a really big fan of the salt and vinegar flavor, Oh, I do ones. like salt and vinegar ones and as well. When I was a kid, and I hadn't seen them since, until this week, um, I used to love the big ones, like the size of a natural rice cake. Oh, uh,
3: yeah, I've seen that salt and vinegar. Ooh. I haven't Not seen those. plain. <laughs>
0: salt and vinegar. Snacker Jack used to do, like, the big ones, and with some cream cheese on it. It's amazing. I on a salt has. and vinegar sna- snacker jack. And maybe, like, a little bit of pepper. And then... Um, Bloomin' Asda has started doing it.
3: Winning. I'm over the moon. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm so excited about it that I've not opened it. You know, and you're like, I'm saving that. I don't know what for, <laughs> but I've like put it in a place in my mind and heart where it's for a special occasion.
2: <laughs> 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 um,
0: oh, what do you think about, have you got any particular opinions or thoughts or um, feelings or hopes about what's going to happen with eating um, in the future. I suppose I mean in terms of things like availability, sustainability, technology, Brexit, uh, terrible government plans (laughs) when it comes to fitness.
3: Um, So where I I live in teeting and in Teating I love eating out there because it's so diverse. And i that's what I want when I go out to places. So yeah. like just loads of different choices. It's the best
0: Sri Lankan food in London apparently, is isn't it? It? Tooting. Yeah, I
3: don't actually like Sri Lankan food. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. oh, I know. I eat a lot of Middle Eastern food. So I go to all the Middle Eastern yeah. places. Um, <laughs> and I really like I really like that. But I think my worry would be is that we're gonna become too kind of digital and everything. Yeah. So there's that restaurant in central London where you order all your food on like a tablet on the table and I really don't like that because yeah. you don't get any interaction with anyone and I'm such a people person yeah. that like I hate not I don't know I just hate not communicating with someone Yeah, um, and also I do kind of think if I'm honest that the way we're going with the government and the calories and everything we're basically just drilling the fun out of everything. So yeah. soon meals are not gonna be fun, they're just gonna be functional.
0: Yeah. And we're gonna be
3: like sneaking off to people's houses to eat like a nice meal with only people that won't make us feel guilty
0: and shameful about it. Which is ridiculous. It's absolute bonkers, isn't it? Oh, it's so bonkers. Um, yeah. I agree. I I, I hadn't thought about that in terms of like the sort of um digitisation of of, uh, I've only once had gone to a sushi place in central London where you ordered on a tablet, but I just sort of found, I I found it all too complicated.
3: It's weird. To work
0: out, like, even just to get it to work, is what I'm saying. Oh. (laughs) Uh, oh no, you ordered it, 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 the tablet was like in the table.
3: That's cool.
0: Yeah, and you like sort of scrolled and picked things, but it, it was all like a bit glitchy. It's
3: funny because some people are interviewing in Japan. Yeah. You order all the food at um. you know what I'm trying to say. You know, I you get see. the crisps out. Oh, and a vending that's machine. It. a vending machine. Do you? So you order all your food in a vending machine and then you get a little receipt that prints out and then you go to the till and you're like, oh, this is what I've ordered and then they get it for you. Whoa. But I'm like, I still don't like, I don't know. It's just really functional. It's, yeah. not, it's not
0: enjoyable. That's, I, it's like a cultural... Yeah, funny old cultural shift, but I wonder when that started happening in Japan. It's like, if um, you've ever been on a holiday in France, and I think they do it in other bits of Europe as well, where you weigh your own fruit and you put, um, like, you put your own, you, you work out how much everything's going to cost and you print out a little label and you put it uh, in yeah. a little machine. That makes me think of holidays. <laughs>
2: um,
0: yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? I do think that when we've got robots instead of waiting stuff, then we're, that is, then... that's the death of the catering industry isn't it like it's such a soulless thing even though ironically I think sometimes in really posh restaurants the waiter's job is like to to be there but as if they're not there (laughs) do you know what I mean yeah where they creep up up behind you like as my son would pronounce it like a ninja (laughs) where like a ninja just um, I've never corrected him he can say almost everything right now but I think it's so funny that he says ninja (laughs) I never, I never <laughs> And transformers, Aww. I'm transforming. Um, yeah, I worry. I worry about the catering industry, like restaurants, and you know anywhere that does good food, good pubs that do great food. I'm worried about them generally, just off the back of Um you know the economic landslide that's on its way. When this pandemic finally finishes, but I mean, again, it's just yet another reason to that. The the even if you look at it in terms of the what would get the effort that would have to go into getting calories on menus from their point of view, from the people running the restaurants and stuff. It's
3: to be a fortune.
0: Yeah, it's going to cost them an absolute fortune. Talk about sort of kicking someone when they're down.
3: It's ridiculous. I mean,
0: they're already on like half capacity at the whim of having to close at any second. There's this local spike. Like, um, you know, in a population where loads of people either can't afford to go out and not feeling like comfortable with it yet. Like, and then to, on top of that, do the confusing eat-out-to-help-out.
3: <laughs> yeah, do you know what it feels? That's the thing. The whole comms plan for the pers- the government. I'm mm-hmm. like, who thought of this? Like, at least wait, yeah. like, two months before launching an obesity strategy. Well, exactly. Like, it's, it's just such a mismatch of yeah, messages. So
0: Boris and Rishi aren't talking, were they, before all of that got announced? Like, at the same time. And it, but it does feel like... Uh, I think... Uh, I, I do feel like with this government... And I know I'm not a fan of this government from a a grassroots politics point of view anyway, but it really does feel like now that we're out of uh, what felt like the kind of very intense and stressful part of all UK lockdown, through that, I think I had this bit, I tried to have a bit of sympathy and think, who the fuck could govern through this Mm -hmm. perfectly? This is unheard of. And at least, you know, it feels like, they care about the NHS and us, and and I was having hopeful thoughts like surely this government can't dismantle the NHS, and the BBC, like they were absolutely on track to do before. After they've covered this so well and saved so many, you know, been so yeah. amazing. Um, but then I was thinking, but it is a scattergun approach. It does feel like, and now that we're like out of the tent, speed, like it's just, you're just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what it sticks. Ridiculous. Like, and and you're throwing you're throwing shit that councils all the shit out. It's such an ineffective it's such a waste of your own energies government i think they just won't
3: they just won't take a step back and think about it like no, that's they might
0: new like, turn on things if a footballer's sort of vocal enough but it's not
3: but it's, it's not the proper like the yeah. other stuff like i don't know my uh, like apparently someone said that the obesity strategy is one that theresa may wrote mm. like years and years ago and he's just whacked it out because it was never published yeah and it's like now they're thinking about getting rid of Public Health England, and then it's like, if they go to Public Health England, then who's going to do that? And then, I don't know, it just... I got a letter back from the government about the calorie stuff,
0: yeah. and they're
3: just not retracting anything. They're just saying what they're doing is right, what they're doing is working. And you're just like, well, it's not going to work. It's not going to just, work. Just slow down, like mm. take your time over this and actually speak to people.
0: I mean, it's genuinely not going to work. I mean, statistically, it's not going to work. Even if, say, the only people... Say you lived in a dream world that doesn't exist where... Uh, let's take everybody with eating disorders and disordered eating out of the equation and there were just people who went do you know what, I just, I, I'd like to lose some weight my body could uh, lose some weight and I'd be you know less at risk from certain health things, including COVID I'm going to do that by looking at how much calories are in everything they're not going to lose weight, that's mm. a diet that's guaranteed virtually guaranteed to fail for them and when you fail at a diet you binge eat, and so you get heavier, it's fucked art yes, like yes. It's, even if you look at it like an economist you know who doesn't give a shit about compassion and humanity and um, uh, the bigger picture or the philosophy of it if you just look at it it's just cold hard stats of it it's not going to work it's yeah. utterly mad they don't
3: even yeah that and then the, the lack of compassion they've got though yeah it's like oh I mean that just like I get so many messages at the moment from people being like so scared about the calories on menus and I'm like, the government don't care. No. And I hate to say that, but they yeah. just don't and it's It will, um, it will
0: I will probably avoid restaurants for a bit. Are you
3: listening like, you'll bring the government down? No. <laughs> it's like,
0: she no. I, um, I, I can't promise to bring government down home. Um, no, I just, I hadn't just i don't think until we we're having this conversation now that i'd stopped and thought what will i have to do then if there's calories on everything in a restaurant i have to second think every time yeah. I do that because i don't look at the back of labels of things like every now and again but i know if i'm doing it too much then i need to have a word of myself or a shrink
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. so
0: actually um if you're going to force people to go through the rig role of putting that information in the world, at least make it uh, optional
3: Yeah, I you should be you able
0: can. to go somewhere and say I'd like to see the calories in this
3: but that's the thing, most of should the calories you, do? You, could, you could probably google them and find them online yeah. like why yeah. do we need to have them just there in our what faces fucking,
0: but even if you're getting to that point surely you know this is a sustainable way to live in a Mentally healthy way. If you're like, oh cool, I'm not, i not. I, I don't know how much it weighs. I don't know how much that like. Oh, it's not normal. God, it's not good. It's no. not healthy. It's the opposite of healthy. And then
3: what it might do is then push people into like that obsessive exercise mm. pattern. Which yeah. did you see that restaurant?
0: Oh my <laughs> fucking god. <laughs> yeah. I was and raging. And it was lovely fit from first date. It's so annoyed I can't enjoy anything. I tried to watch his other program that he's made that's really good where he takes someone to like um a uh, 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 a a place that you wouldn't have thought of for being for amazing food but he takes someone who knows say so I saw what he did in Vienna in Austria like showing the amazing food there I couldn't enjoy it because I was still <laughs> fucking raging about his restaurant with the gym it's the secret, secret gym next to yeah. it that you had to go and burn off exactly what you'd eaten but that's what the world is turning into but the world is why is the world being so fucking stupid when there's so much evidence that that is universally damaging
3: yeah but no one cares they want it quick <sighs> My thing is now is they just want a quick, they just want a quick fix. And they mm. think that if they launch their strategy, put the calories on menus and it'll be positive, it will work for like a month for people
0: yeah.
3: and then it will fail. But well, then at least they've but they,
0: got that. They, and then it won't be in the spotlight anymore. They'll do the thing that they'll do where they follow a few people and yeah. do a before and after picture and they won't talk to that person in six months or a year yeah. or two years when everything's gone back to either how it was before or that person's got really ill.
3: It's just, yeah.
0: It's fucked.
3: I'm not going to stop talking about it until they stop doing it, though.
0: Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah, let's stoke the fires. I'm glad we've had a chance to do that in this. I've certainly got quite (laughs) moody. They scrum diddly umptious. Mm -hmm and then you can be in my podcast 43 owls start a cult that humans keep joining and it's terrible because they all keep having massive gory injuries the humans from and being asleep all through the day uh and awake all through the night swiveling their heads right round and swooping at mice it's a humanitarian disaster the owls have agreed to end the tempting cult but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, hey, watch every single episode of Friends, again I assume, whilst gently folding a million beach towels. It sounds impossible, but you do it, you're a hero. But you've not had a chance to eat anything for ages. So you're simultaneously feeling happy as a button because you've gone down in history as the woman who saved us all from joining the owl cults and dying from a twisty neck and the sweep at a mouse. But your reward in the moment, because obviously you're well hungry because you won't have eaten for ages, but also you're happy, happy. It's not like a last meal in prison, it's the opposite. You couldn't be more hungry and you couldn't be more joyful. Uh, Your reward in the moment is the food of your dreams. I would like to know in this instance, if nothing was impossible. uh, So none of these answers have to be possible. I don't care about ethics. I don't care about health. Um, I just wondered in a sort of dream scenario where anything was possible what would be your dream things to eat to drink and if there's a who with and where who with and where
3: I would like to be sitting um on a beach in Thailand um, where I went when I was traveling just overlooking um yeah overlooking a beach and have a but not have Thai food um (laughs) I would want to have um, Middle Eastern food so having mm. like a massive piece of barbecue chicken mm. um, loads of really warm flatbread some like good quality hummus not like the rubbish hummus you get in some yeah. places and then a massive Fattouche salad <gasps>
0: oh my girlfriend loves a Fattouche salad it's Is so that lush. one where you get the little like um, the sort of tiny bits of like is it like under a hot grilled pitter? Like yeah, yeah. And I never know how they like,
3: make those.
0: I don't know how they make those. It's the we never know. So
3: we
0: <laughs> like, don't ruin the magic. That sounds brilliant. Would you have anyone else there? Uh, I no, feel like absolutely. I should
3: say my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> <I> probably, <laughs> just I'd probably with say them. one of my best friends. And then you could just, probably my friend Lauren, actually. And we would just yeah. sit back and just drink and
0: just yeah. what would chill you drink? in the
3: sunshine. Yeah. Um, Vodka and Diet Cokes.
0: Delicious.
3: Delicious! <laughs> the classiest drink. <shrimp. laughs> the classiest of all
0: drinks! Well, oh, thank you so much for doing this.
3: No, thanks so much for
0: having me. Mm, I'm in my tongue. Isn't Hope incredible? Follow her campaigns, follow her work at Hope Virgo on Twitter, Instagram, sign her petitions and spread the hashtags. Hashtag dump the scales and hashtag curb the count. Also, I've put a link to Beat, uh, one of the most brilliant uh, charities for people with eating disorders, in my podcast notes over on ACAST. Feel free to support the podcast just by telling other people about it, maybe leave a nice review uh, or with cold hard cash on ACAST supporter or on Patreon. Links, again, in the podcast notes. Make sure you're following at The Hoovering Pod to find out about any live shows and other eating fun that we've got going on. Follow me, if you like, at Jessica Foster Q. Anything longer than a tweet to send me, do it through my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham, and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy Hoovering.